Well, good afternoon. I think we'll go ahead and get started. Thank you for joining us for today's call, How to Leverage Software for Your Recurring Revenue Business. Sean Wendell is our speaker for today. Sean is the founder and managing principal of ERP Advisors Group based in Denver, Colorado. ERP Advisors Group is one of the country's top independent and enterprise software advisory firms. ERP Advisors Group advises mid to large size businesses on selecting and implementing business applications from enterprise resource planning, customer relationship management, human capital management, business intelligence, and other enterprise applications, which equates millions of dollars in software deals each year across many industries. On today's call, Sean will discuss with you how you can leverage software to automate your recurring revenue products and services. This includes discussion about the evolution of configure price quote software. So I'll turn it over to Sean. Great. Thanks, Erica. Uh, just for a sound check perspective, can you hear me okay? Yeah, sounds good. Perfect, perfect. Okay, good. Well, thanks everybody for joining um, for our call today. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Uh, we're definitely seeing a lot of uptake amongst our customers as their business models have changed to more recurring revenue models. Um, so this this will hopefully be a, a, a real helpful call to you all that are kind of looking at um, how do you leverage software, especially if a recurring model is not your core business, but some ancillary services that you're looking to offer too. So if you've been on some of our calls before, as you know, this is um, a little bit of a conversation, right? That um, I wanna share some information with you all. If you have questions, um, you can definitely email those to Erica at erpadvisorsgroup.com and uh, she can bring those up here at the end, but I'll talk for maybe about 15, 20 minutes. And again, as usual, we'll make the podcast available to you as well as a white paper that we'll create um, after today's call that'll be related to the content. So no need to, to take notes. We'll definitely send that out to you or if you want something specific, please just send us a note, but kind of more of a conversation if you will. So I want to start with a little bit of the history of kind of the recurring revenue businesses, um, and then I'm going to jump into how that has impacted recurring uh, revenue kind of software solutions, and then we'll talk about the, how to leverage the software for your recurring revenue business, and then really what to do next, like very, very specific uh, action items. So quite a bit to cover, but we'll do it maybe 15, 20 minutes here. So from a history perspective, um, I mean, of course, recurring businesses, recurring revenue models and businesses have always existed. I mean, think back to Ma Bell and you get a monthly um, telephone bill, right? That's, that's really where a lot of the recurring revenue models kind of came from was the telco industry. And um, actually one of my, actually my second project out of, uh, out of school was to build some of those custom systems in COBOL. Um, for uh, and mainframe systems for for one of the telco companies, and so the entire system was set up around basically monthly billing. Um, and of course, there's other larger organizations, um, security monitoring, and many other kinds of of, of models. Where um, even if you look at um, automatic data processing or ADP, who's been around for a long time selling uh, payroll services. So definitely recurring billing that, that would be required there and just kind of a recurring model. But, but what's really happened in the last maybe 10 years is that there's been newer recurring business models that have kind of emerged, emerged in the market. 
And over that time, the package software vendors um, have taken kind of the challenge on to, to build out more recurring business models in their apps. And therefore, you actually see more recurring models being pervasive in today's market. So um, as, as we all know, from, a, from a, a business value perspective, recurring revenue is something that investors and owners want to see. So that's certainly more appealing just in terms of kind of how the business is set up. But the reality is that it's a lot less expensive to put a recurring business model into place now than to have to build a big custom system that's constantly running your billing um, and customer care and all that each month. So um, it's not just for TOCOs, basically. And again, the Bell systems have had recurring billings for, for 50, 60 years. Um, but now we're seeing it with uh, early stage startups that can literally start a business today and um, <laughs> they're selling uh, monthly uh, uh, underwear packages or whatever they are each month that uh, end up getting billed um, on a recurring basis. So we've had a lot of evolution in this space, definitely based, of course, on the Internet and uh, businesses being able to market direct to consumers. Um, so a lot of kind of, of economic changes have occurred here to, to make these recurring businesses more viable and recurring services. So, you know, if we look into our customer base, um, we service a lot of different uh, organizations that have the recurring revenue kind of business model. We, of course, have software companies that are, are billing on a monthly, quarterly, annually basis. Um, we have telecommunications companies and data centers um, that are also billing kind of on that, that frequency. Um, I notice I mentioned billing a lot because that's where a lot of the conversation around software starts with recurring. But you'll see there's a lot more areas that um, we can leverage software for for recurring revenue business. Um, we also have some kind of retailers, e-tailers, kind of consumer good companies that have put together monthly packages that uh, they sell to their clients on a subscription basis. Um, so it can definitely still be product oriented. And then we have um, organizations that offer services on a recurring basis. So it's, it's kind of interesting. It really runs the gamut from very intangible products all the way to extremely tangible products. We worked with a company several years ago that um, did basically a food box every month or every week that they'd send to their customers on a subscription basis. So the, the variety of recurring business models are, are really vast. And, and really, I think every business, including ours, we're looking at how we can do more kind of recurring revenue services for our clients and stay in front of our clients more. But, but a lot of the technology that you see in the marketplace around recurring revenue was really based on the software industry. So that's really important because when you talk to a vendor, um, especially somebody who's been doing recurring revenue for a long time, uh, selling software around recurring revenue, they've sold to the software industry. And the software industry has very specific requirements that a product recurring revenue model or a services model doesn't. But fortunately, um, unlike a lot of areas in software, I think as an industry, we picked one of the hardest industries to try to automate um, the software industry so that we've kind of dealt with so many of the use cases that any other type of recurring revenue business model is going to deal with. So if you think about um, setting up a contract with specific line items within it, 
um, and pricing that goes with that, um, all the way through to the revenue recognition on the accounting side. Um, it's been probably about 10 years of solutions in the marketplace in terms of software companies that we've kind of worked through the traps, if you will, on this particular uh, business model of, of, of recurring revenue business models. So the good news, if you're listening to this call, chances are you have some recurring revenue that you're looking to automate, is there are solutions that do it. And you're not the first one. Um, several years ago, we were working with some of the first companies that were looking to automate their recurring revenue. And it was a nightmare. Um, frankly, we had a client a uh, software company uh, maybe about eight, nine years ago that was looking to implement some software. They were kind of um, a market leader. And um, one of the pitfalls that they ran into was their data really didn't have to do much with the application itself, with the software application. It had more to do with all their contracts data and just putting that into the format of the new system. So, so I'm going to talk about some pitfalls to avoid here at the end. I'll, that, but that's the big one is always data migration. I'll talk specifically to that here in a little bit. So what I want to talk about now, though, is how does a recurring revenue business or a business with a recurring revenue model leverage software so, so that you can automate this, this, this function? And there's about seven or eight categories. That, that you can take a look at here for, um, for how to use software. The first one is in order configuration or contract configuration. So what I mean here is let's electronically capture what the heck we're selling to the customer. Um, I laugh a little bit because that sounds so obvious, uh, but it's not. Um, for those of you that are on the phone that are either in the sales organization or work with sales organizations, um, you know, sometimes the salespeople could come up with some wacky things that they sell to the customer and then it can come down later to accounting to then bill or to determine what the heck to do for RevRack. Um, and they have to sometimes even go back to the salesperson to say, now, wait a minute, what, what did you sell again? How much was that for? Um, so the, the software solutions in the marketplace can help you to automate that order configuration, kind of what terms go into the contract for the recurring business. That's the first area. Another important part that, that uh, goes with that, the second thing is pricing. So if you think about selling a recurring um, service, let's just say as an example, uh, there's a list price for it. Let's say it's uh, $500 a month. And um, now you have salespeople that are selling to different types of customers, and there's a certain threshold that you'll let the salesperson discount to, and, and then after that they have to get an approval, and then maybe there's a there's a bottom level that they can't go uh, below even with approvals. Well, it sure would be nice to automate that pricing decision and even pop in pricing on a real time basis. Hey, we had a cross the board change in our pricing for our products. Let's just put that into the system. So pricing is a huge area where you, you see automation for recurring revenue businesses with software. Third area is quoting. So let's put the quote together. Let's send it to the customer. Let's have them do red lines or whatever, send that back, finalize it, and then send over a document for final signature and then store that document in our system. Um, that's a really nice area to uh, to automate. And these three first areas, you'll hear this term in the market, configure price quote or CPQ. 
And there's some vendors. Uh, Aptus is definitely a best of breed. Um, it sits on the Salesforce platform. Uh, Salesforce bought a firm called Steelbrick. So now Salesforce has CPQ built within it. Um, all of the ERP vendors, uh, like a NetSuite, have CPQ partners, usually that have written those tools. Um, I just stepped out of a meeting uh, with a company that uh, is looking at implementing CPQ. And um, they're tough to be honest with you, because you're really putting some rules and governance around um, a sales group that may be used to not having that. Software is easy, right? It's actually getting the people to change and use the apps that you really have to watch out for. So again, the three first areas are configure, price, pricing, and quoting. Um, along with that quoting too would go with just signing the quote, which is kind of nice too, just to have that in your system. The next area, the fourth area, is provisioning. So we talk about provisioning. That's a, you can tell I'm an old telco guy. Um, that's basically getting the service kind of set up, a specific service set up for this specific customer. So if, um, if we're looking at a software company, it's, it's provisioning the software to that customer, setting up their accounts, or um, even one of our clients sells uh, monthly um, uh, clothing outfits. Um, pretty wacky, wild clothing outfits. Um, they're pretty cool. Um, so actually setting that customer up and getting them into the system and being able to, um, to fulfill the order on a monthly basis that we're setting up. So this provisioning and fulfillment is the fourth area that we see a lot of software usage. Um, and usually that's an integration back to a custom system. So there's usually some kind of a, of a it might even be a warehouse management in the case of more of a product-centric company. But even for software companies, um, there's usually a custom system that they're using today to manage uh, key generation, unique key generation, or even if it's software as a service, it's just to set the customer's account up in the system. So provisioning um, is a huge area for um, some automation that works well. And the more the CPQ can integrate with provisioning, the less likely you are to have um, some of the uh, manual mistakes that happen. Oh, we forgot to provision that account. Well, the system handles that. So after you've provisioned, um, of course, the, the next area you'll see is customer service. So being able to, for customer service, to be able to see exactly what the customer has actually bought from us. Um, I think all of us on the call have probably kind of lived in systems uh, for a while, and you know that what seems like something that should be simple sometimes isn't, and this is one of those areas. What did our customer buy? <laughs> um, that's a really good reason to put in new software, especially around kind of customer service support for that recurring um, uh, business model, because... Sometimes you just don't know until the customer calls and tells you. So having solutions in place to track what you have, what you've sold, what you've actually provisioned or fulfilled to the customer is, is a huge benefit for sure. Um, the last three areas are more kind of on the accounting side, uh, more back office, if you will. Notice we kind of went front office with kind of configure, configuring, pricing, quoting kind of sales functions to fulfillment, installation customer service being a little more middle office, and then we have the back office. And the most important area that is, I said this at the beginning of the call where a lot of recurring um, revenue businesses and models um, really need to automate is billing. Um, you got a lot of bills that can be shooting out over and over and over each month. And so the more you have that process automated, the less uh, cost it is, of course, to run. 
But you can see, and I, I can't stress this enough. I, I really, if, if, if you guys are doing email or whatever, that's cool. But put down the fingers for just a minute <laughs> and really, really get this concept because I have slashes on my back from learning this the hard way. Customers want to automate their billing and invoicing for recurring revenue. Of course, it makes perfect sense. But the problem is, is they don't know what to bill. They don't know what services or what items to bill. They don't know the pricing. They don't know the terms on that contract. They don't know if it's evergreen and it renews. They don't know if there's price caps. The billing people don't know if it, what payment terms are. And so a lot of companies will enter into this recurring revenue automation from software on the billing side. But the, and that's because it's the accounting guys, frankly, and gals that are like, man, this is killing us. We got to automate this. But then what they quickly discover, usually after they bought the software, is that the hardest part is up front. It's actually getting the terms around the services that were sold, getting those into the system so that we can automate that part. The billing is easy at that point. So that is a really, really big thing to keep in mind. But. Automating your billing for recurring revenue business is awesome, just fantastic. We had a client, the data center years ago, that put in a, a platform, NetSuite, and then they built out some custom billing applications on top of it. And it was literally just a couple people that oversaw that process. And other clients we've worked at with similar models had 10 people. So it, it works. You really can do it. It's just, it, it can be complex. Then the, the second to the last area here on how you can leverage software for recurring revenue businesses is certainly on revenue recognition. So different businesses have different RevRec rules. The RevRec rules are changing with ASC 606 um, and definitely talk to your CPAs more about that. But there are several solutions in the marketplace that are built to actually um, automate that revenue recognition process. Now, every single client that we've stepped into that does recurring revenue has a waterfall spreadsheet um, that shows kind of the drop off of the, the, the uh, deferral of revenue over time. Um, but to actually put that into a system and trust that the system is doing it right, right? That's the other part of it. But to put that into a system is huge value for sure. And then the last area is reporting. So, so you can see if you've automated this whole process, now doing things like annual contract value or total contract value or uh, monthly recurring revenue, all these, these metrics that, that businesses that run recurring revenue models are looking for are actually just at a push of a button because we did our hard work up front. So um, those are really the ways that we see and, and actually have helped a lot of companies to leverage software. So from the configure, uh, price, quote, provisioning, fulfillment, customer service, billing, accounting, and reporting. So um, I do want to wrap up the call here on some, some do's and don'ts, uh, mostly don'ts um, on this one, um, and pitfalls, I guess I could call them, because I really do want you guys to understand that when you're in the marketplace, you will talk to some software salespeople. They do know this area but they do know what the pitfalls truly are because they've gotten lashed by uh, clients that they've sold to in the past that they've run into these problems with, but they may not bring them up for your installation. So I'm going to do it right now. I already mentioned the biggest one is data migration. Um, this has very little to do with software. It has everything to do with the quality and the state of your contract data that you have right now. So if you have a spreadsheet where you've got 
uh, columns and each row has an order and uh, maybe there's sublines or lines under a header in the spreadsheet that lists everything out. Everything's in the standard format. Fantastic. Very, very infrequently is that the case though. Uh, the worst case scenario was a client we had that had um, their agreements were all in paper in the file cabinet, file cabinets at 5,000 agreements that uh, we literally had to bring in a team of CPAs for a very long time to go through each contract and make sure that it was in present time with exactly what had happened. Um, because not only do you need kind of the contract data itself, the header information, if you will, as well as the information about the agreement, like uh, renewal caps and that, but you also need to know how much revenue you recognize to date. Um, and then how much you have to recognize going forward. So it's not just, oh, yeah, bring over the contract. It's actually you have to bring over very specific information about each contract when you when you do um, emerge these systems. Um, another big pitfall, I guess I have talked about these already, but changing the paradigm with your sales to more of a, a, a CPQ is it's a challenge. Um, it's 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 very hard, and and you'll see. This is, this is like the secret tip for this call, which is maybe not all of your products you do CPQ with. Maybe you just do it for some of your more simple ones. So um, this is the old Pareto analysis. You know, 80% of our products um, take 20% of the time to automate or 20% of our products take 80% of the salesperson's time to configure. You know, let's, let's pick the right ratio of maybe the more simple products get the CPQ in place for those. On the medium kind of complexity products, eh, maybe we do a little bit of CPQ later after we've done the simple and the complex uh, configurations, don't even use CPQ for it. But then have a, uh, a form that's easy for the salesperson to put in, basically the sales um, information, what they sold, what the contract information is. Um, so that's a really good tip there is to really look at the CPQ paradigm and determine how to apply it to those products that are actually relatively easy to do to just get CPQ in place. And then you can roll it out across other more complex products. And probably the last one here that I'll, I'll offer for you guys in terms of a pitfall to avoid on uh, recurring revenue software, sales guys and gals are awesome in this area. I mean, super awesome. They are, they are sharp, they're bright, they know recurring revenue, they know the streams, but you also have got to be very careful with it because you know in the back of your mind right now, hopefully after this call, what your biggest challenges are going to be and know that those vendors might not solve for those big challenges. They may do, and they better do, like a portion of what you're looking to do. But when you're thinking about, well, I've got this recurring um, item that is, uh, it, it is complex. There's lots of variations off of it. Um, with the fulfillment is very complex. That process is really difficult. The billing is too hard. Um, we have a financial services firm that we're working with right now. It's a great example of that, that every single deal they do is different, but it's recurring. They actually have a recurring revenue model for loans that they service, but they offer all kinds of different things. Phase one, just put the new invoicing system in place, just so that we're basically doing what we used to do before. So there's a spreadsheet that maybe shows here's the support for how we calculate the invoice, and then just put the basic invoice information into the new system, get that set in phase one, get to know the new system, 
and then start working your way backward down that value chain. Okay, so we have invoicing now. How do we do the invoice calculations? Can we build that into our application? Do we have to build custom logic to do it? Or are there services that are more common that we can automate those and put them in? So watch out for that, certainly, on the implementation. So Erica, with that, um, that's some things to look for on how to leverage software for your recurring revenue business. And I'll turn it back to you. Okay, great, Sean. We did have two questions that arrived. Uh, the first one is, we have some creative salespeople at our company. If I'm understanding you correctly, configure price quote software, if implemented correctly, will still allow them flexibility when quoting product pricing. But we can build parameters into the software to make sure the sale is profitable. Am I understanding this correctly? That's a great question. And, and, and the answer is kind of. <laughs> um, let's define creative. If if creative is, um, th there's just parameters that, that, I mean, it's software is actually, like this is actually perfect. This is a perfect question because software is actually very stupid. I know we talk about artificial intelligence, but software is just does what you tell it to do. So if it, if you tell it to set pricing up, let the salesperson to bring in just these items into an order or at these price levels, that's all the software is going to do. Um, but innovation, a lot of innovation in businesses is driven from the sales team. And so you need to have this balance of um, being able to sell additional services and even new models that sales can kind of come up with on the fly based off of customer demand with putting in the um, the rigor of CPQ. So, so what I would say is, like, like I said earlier, is look to, to configure price quote for your more standardized products for sure. But when it comes to things that are a little bit more kind of edgy on the market, maybe they're a little new or maybe we haven't quite worked out the pricing, don't let CPQ be your inhibitor to the salespeople that are really going to drive innovation for you. So it's a great question. Thanks for that. And just one more question. Sean, what types of industries might benefit most from revenue cycle automation? We made a not-so-successful attempt to implement something like this in the past, and the accounting people loved it, but our sales team wouldn't work with it. We are a manufacturer of paper goods. Hmm. Well, um, so for, for, I mean, that honestly, that's that's common. We, we, we had a client recently that had the same thing where the accounting team wanted to drive little bit more standardization and um, uh, they basically had to step off that product um, and ask for a refund or threaten a lawsuit. Um, so it can get a little bit ugly, but for, for a manufacturer, um, especially those that are looking to do maybe even more warranty services or additional kind of value added services, it, it makes a lot of sense to put into place a software solution that can automate those kinds of services, because they're probably going to be pretty standard too. So I, I go back to uh, what I said before is really target those standard services. I mean, that may have been where the failure came from. We'd have to talk a little bit more, but um, trying to, again, automate services that are non really standard, that that's where it gets risky. So uh, the you know, types of industries like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the telecommunications, um, you know, even some retail where we're selling about the same things over and over and over. Those are really kind of the best ways to uh, to leverage the recurring software. Perfect. Great. Thank you for that. Well, thank you all again for joining us for today's call. 
Please let us know if we can answer any questions you have. Our next call is Tuesday, April 16th, an insider's view of negotiating ERP software. In this next edition of the EOP Advisor, we will discuss what to watch out for when selecting enterprise resource planning software. Please go to our website, erpadvisorsgroup.com, for more details and to register. Thanks for joining.